Warning, the following podcast contains some real shit. Deep, crazy, weird, occasionally sexy, real shit. So don't bring your kids and use headphones. Or don't. Do you, boo. Okay, love you, bye. My name's Nick, and this is Blowing Smoke Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is a very special day that I am absolutely recording on the day and not earlier before. Uh, I hope your weeks have been really positive and full of growth. Uh, if not, well, I hope we take a little bit of time and uh, I'll see if I can make it a little bit better for you. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get this put together and out in time, but I am very, very happy that it was able to be worked out um, because today is extremely important and should always be honored and celebrated. Uh, it is Mother's Day, which is the day that this is uh, live for all of you to hear. But uh, that means something a little bit different to different people depending on your walk of life and where it has taken you. You know, this day could be a very happy one, or maybe it's something that you don't look forward to. It really just depends. But that's just kind of the blessing and the curse of holidays, really. Um, the more that you live, the higher the chance that something might happen, you know, in your life on a holiday, during a holiday, could reflect on a holiday. And, you know, it can change how you view those certain days. But we should always at least try to acknowledge them and make the effort to make someone feel special on those certain days if it applies to us. So today we do celebrate our mothers, uh, which is more than just your mom, which we'll get to shortly. But uh, being a mom is hard. Now, I am not a mom, uh, but I have seen it um, firsthand. I've listened to many different women tell stories uh, over the years of how they've been a parent um, and different things that they've gone through. And in my opinion, really having only one day to recognize our mothers uh, isn't enough. So we'll have to make the best of it. But today, I have the pleasure of having a very special guest with me to talk about motherhood and what it has meant to her over the years. So take a deep breath, pour a drink, roll a smoke, and I'd like you all to welcome my mom, Michelle Cooper, to the show. And if you're lucky, she may just tell you some stories. Hello, Mom. Hello, son. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. How are you? Oh, not too bad at all. Uh, Just enjoying this Tennessee weather. But... Hey, well, you know, today in Michigan, it's been pretty nice. So we got to enjoy some outside time. Absolutely. Um, It is very nice that uh, we are able to do this again. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get it together, but I was able to whip up uh, everything that we needed and thank, you know, technology for making this even possible, which is what we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, First things first, uh, to have a little bit more fun. I told you about this a little bit earlier, but they don't know about it. Uh, I have made a infused drink um, mm. that I am going to take a shot of. I don't. I, I feel like it's going to be good. But for those of you listening, I think it will. a few days ago, and I should have took some pictures. No, I did take a picture. Um, I made like very simple 
Um, they're hard candies, but it was a cinnamon caramel hard candy that I just decided to make one day. And so a couple days ago, you know, I've had uh, some vodka just sitting over on my bar that I haven't really drank much of because I prefer whiskey, to be fair. And so uh, I'm a obsessed, and I know you are too, uh, from that guy on TikTok, and I can never m- remember yep. his name. Absolutely. Um, but he just um, mixes everything with all these different drinks. He has his own vodka, and he always says Diboja and takes his drink. And it could be anything like, you know, I've seen him do, well, I, I recently just saw him do a McDonald's uh, McChicken, and he oh, mixed I it. That one. He mixed it with Fireball for a week. And that was, yeah, that that was not good at all. So I had this sitting uh, for a few days. I haven't even smelled it yet because I wanted to get my own live reaction. But uh, it's a little thick, uh, a little bit. It's fully dissolved, <laughs> so there's no testing the eateries. Um, I'm not gonna lie; it smells pretty okay. damn good. So, so there's there's nothing that you can can taste. No, it's there's just this drink. Huh? There's n- there's no tasteries. Nothing left. Uh, okay. Just just uh, shotteries with, it's very okay. it's n- very brown. Uh, you can see the cinnamon in it. Um, and we're gonna take a little shot. I'm not gonna steal his thunder. I'm so. kind of jealous. I kind of wanted to try it too, but I'll have to just try what I got. Yeah. So. Next time. So, <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Oh shit. Good. That's good as hell. Hey, dude, you need to to save me some. I'm about to get drunk. (laughs) Let me join you. (laughs) So, um, well, that's a good way to start off the episode. Um, Mm -hmm. But we are here today, and I thank you so much for coming on, even though we do talk uh, quite frequently. But this is something very cool and special that I think a lot of people will benefit from um, and really kind of enjoy uh, what we're His name is Ryan. Oh, the TikTok guy? Doka Ryan. Yeah, Doka Ryan. Oh, I love him so much. I do too. I know that he's in Canada, but he's just fantastic. Um, yeah, he is. He's awesome. So okay, we are talking about Mother's Day and talking about you being a mother to me uh, and my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yep. am the youngest brother. And... We're going to talk uh, about more than just being a mom, uh, about being mother figures, and then you eventually, you know, evolving into being a grandmother, or as we call you, Nana. Okay. So there are a a lot of things that we could talk about, obviously, but, you know, time is of the essence. Um, so we'll stick to a few different things, um, and there are plenty of stories that uh, we'll have in here, but uh, let's dive into it a little bit. So okay. we'll start with uh, the early days of Ooh. motherhood, okay? Okay. So this was obviously, you know, before I was born and you were, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting pregnant with my brother Marcus. Um, yep. How old were you and dad at the time? When I got pregnant with your brother, I had just turned 19. But keep in mind, we got married when I was 18, just barely 18. Sure. Okay. And, you know, you're pregnant, you're getting ready to give birth. 
you know, what was that like for you? What was that transition? You know, were you ready? Well, this is the thing. Um, as far as feeling like I was ready, absolutely. I was raised with my mom watching kids. She didn't have a daycare, but she watched kids that came into the home. And so I was around kids for a long time. And then when my sister got married, I was over and she got pregnant. I was over at her house all the time. And I was, I was with my niece all the time. And so I was around her as a baby and I did things with her. So I was around kids. I babysat a lot, mm -hmm. like a lot, a lot growing up. And so my experience with kids was vast. Now your dad's on the other hand, not so much, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, he, no, he literally thought he was going to break you when you were babies. But, um, but no, I think I was prepared. I do believe I was. Yeah, I think I was nervous at the fact that being a mom, sure. I had never had the experience of being a mom. But as far as feeling like I could do the job, I was pretty sure I could handle it. Yeah, I kind of remember that a little bit too. Like, obviously this is Mother's Day, but, you know, you uh, had a daycare for a very long time and I was a part of that as well, so... Like, I felt yep. pretty ready when it came time to, but I was still scared. But uh, it's not about me. Um, <laughs> so, you know. But that helped, too, with, with you becoming a dad, though. Is yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that we'll get into more on the Father's Day episode. Stay tuned. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so what were some of the challenges? You know, you've given birth already. Um, you said, you know, you were ready and everything else. What were some of the challenges, though, being a young mom? You know, this is your first kid. What did you come across? Well, I have to go back to actually before I gave birth because okay. being pregnant for me was not easy. Mm -hmm. I loved being pregnant for both of you. I enjoyed every minute of it. However, my body didn't like it. Mm. My body viewed it as a foreign object and tried to get rid of you boys, both of you, many times. And so I was in and out of the hospital. I was bedridden. I was, it was, it was tough. It mm -hmm. was really, really tough to carry both of you to full term. Wow. So that is where my struggles began was when I was pregnant with both of you. It was not easy, either one of you. And I, I consider each day that I had with you after that as a gift because I almost lost both of you. Right. So those were the challenges. And if I figure I could get through those, hell, I could get through anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I think, honestly, my first challenge came when Marcus was very young. Marcus was a very independent child mm -hmm. from a very young age. I mean, <sighs> to potty train the kid took two days. Not kidding. No joke. Two days. Must be nice. And to break him of the bottle was instantaneous. I didn't have to wean him or anything. He went from, I was breastfeeding till six months and then he went to a bottle and not even a question. 
It got taken away. He had no problem with it. He was a very independent kid at a very young age, about a year and a half or so. He didn't require as much attention from me that a typical year to a year and a half kid did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. You are still little. I need you to still need me. And that was, I think, my first initial, this is, this is a struggle because I'm not ready yet. He's still so young right. to, to start backing off. And obviously I couldn't because he still needed mom very, very much. Right. But that is why you entered the picture earlier than what we had intended because we wanted to wait for five years before we had another child. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't wait anymore. First of all, physically, I couldn't wait. That that was not good for me physically. It was either I have a child then or I wasn't going to have another one. And I didn't want to have an only child. I appreciate that. Um, you're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Anything for you. Um, and I wasn't quite ready to yet not have that need to be needed. Sure. So that really brings into the next question. You know, you obviously, you know, you said that you wanted to wait five years, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it came around to it where you wanted me a little bit earlier. And mm -hmm. so what was the thought process? You know, you're getting pregnant with me. You're about ready to yep. have a second child. How different did that feel? Ooh, that one was that one was harder for me because I had so much love for Marcus. My heart grew when I became a mom for the first time. I never knew that feeling. I never understood that feeling. And so this love for the very first time entered into my life. And I very much wanted you. It wasn't that I didn't want you, but I kept really worrying that how could I love another baby as much as I love him? How can my heart grow even more when I have this other child? Because I love this one so much already. Yeah. How am I going to be able to share my love to the second child as much as the first child? Right. And that was an ongoing, on top of the, the medical problems, but on top of that was the ongoing thing in my mind, just constantly thinking about, am I going to love him enough? I'm scared that I'm not going to love you enough. And that really plagued my pregnancy through the entire time. Sure. I mean, I can understand that. Um, I mean, I definitely answered your question, though, um, when I was born. <laughs> and the skies had parted and they did and they the said hallelujah yep and then you said you know what this one's perfect we can't do any better we're done no nope. um, and, and you know what i often have told you you were the piece that completed our puzzle and became a masterpiece you damn right i did <laughs> um so you have often told me um and a lot of people have said this over the years too how different uh, Marcus and I are 
and how we were as children. Like it still remains the same. Like we are still personality wise, very different. Um, you know, at a young age, you talked about it a little Absolutely. bit and how you said he yep. was much more of an individual, but I'll, I'll let you say it in your words, what the major differences were between us and how you handled that. Okay. Well, that, that we're going to come back to when I said I wasn't sure how I was going to love another child. Mm-hmm. That got answered real quick because, well, first of all, Marcus on his first night home was great. Slept really good. Awesome. Your first night home, you screamed and cried the entire time. I cried and I looked at dad and I said, he doesn't love me. He doesn't want to be here. Yeah, but I was cute. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes, you were. But um, so you're, the differences started immediately, and and it went and it was even funny because the difference between the two of you, Marcus was so excited. I'm gonna have a baby brother. Good baby brother, baby brother. Was so excited. I even got him a doll, an anatomically correct doll. Sure. A boy so that he could feed this boy, he could change the diapers of this boy. Because I believe in, honestly, it doesn't matter, boy, girl, it's across the board, they can play with whatever they want. Sure. Um, but I, I did this, and he was so excited. And then when he, I was in the hospital with you, he was there because I wanted him to be there. I wanted him outside of your dad to be the first person to see you. Right. And... So, I mean, he was all kinds of excited. There's video of him running around the waiting area, waiting for you to be born. He was so excited to meet you. He was so happy. He thought this was the best thing until you came home. <laughs> and then you came home. And <laughs> you cried. I had to position. We lived in an apartment at the time. And so it was a small space. And I could position you just so that you could pretty much see me in every direction I went unless I went down the hallway and went into either my bedroom or the bathroom. And as soon as I went into my bedroom or the bathroom, you would start to scream and cry. And Marcus would come running. He crying again, mama. He crying again. And <laughs> I had needs. <laughs> A lot of them, apparently. I just needed love. So it did not take long for Marcus to go, eh, I don't like him so much. That's fair. <laughs> but as you guys got older, it was interesting because you both got a part. Marcus got a lot of dad, but he also got me in there. And you got a lot of me, but you got some of your dad as well. And... What I got from Marcus was different from what I got from you. And, you know, a lot of kids will say, oh, my brother or my sister was my mom's favorite. It was obvious. Your dad can even say that. Your dad can tell you who, who was the favorite of his mother. Sure. But I honestly, and I think you can verify this, I honestly never showed favoritism because I didn't have one. Because you both gave me something that... Me as an individual and as a mother needed. You were my fun, silly side of me that liked to just be carefree and God be damned and don't care about anything or anyone, just go and do. 
And Marcus was my more reserved, laid back, more let's just talk about stuff and have a conversation. Right. And I needed that too. And so I noticed that pretty early on that the difference was, was quite a bit. And then as you aged, I noticed how I would, how I would discipline Marcus wasn't going to work for you because your brain wired was wired different. It didn't work the same. Mm -hmm. So I had to, the basis was still the same. The respect was number one in our house. You know, you respect your mom and dad. That's, that's number one. And then after that comes obedience and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so the, the foundation was already laid that you both still had to, to understand. But the way I put it across to you was totally different. I had to use different ways of doing it, different techniques for one didn't work for the other. So I had to adjust it. One size does not fit all in parenting. And I think I would have done you and him both a disservice if I would have set one flat rule and this is how it's done and this is how you do it and don't deviate from that. I think I would have done both of you a disservice. I tried to feed into each one of you those things that I knew you needed as much as you fed into me, you didn't know this. You did not know that you fed into me, both of you, the things that I needed. And I wanted to feed into you the things that helped you be better people individually. And then we as a whole would be a better family. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's there's no doubt I didn't know any of that. I was dumb as hell. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky I'm alive. <laughs> Well, you were such a compassionate kid from the word go. I think I told you this not too long ago, but the story, there's one day in particular, I was really, really, really sick and you were going somewhere with dad and I was laying on the couch and you were so worried about your mommy because you called me mommy. Mm -hmm. Marcus called me mama and you were so worried about your mommy. You went without being told. Nobody told you to do this. You went into my bedroom. You got my pillows. You got my blanket. You got a trash can for all my tissues. You got a box of tissues. You got everything that I could possibly need. You covered me up. You put my my pillows under my head, and you said, okay, you got everything you need, Mama. Don't move from this spot. Hey, I just, (laughs) I knew I was a doctor at a very young age. So you were very nurturing. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't remember a lot from younger days. And we've talked about this. I have Mm -hmm. a lot of memory issues. Um, So I tend to look at pictures a lot. Um, You know, there's a lot of stories sometimes that you'll tell me from when I was young that I don't remember. But there are Mm -hmm. certain things I do remember, things like that here and there. Um, Now, during that time period... Um, because this was the 90s, um, mm-hmm. what was kind of like the standard and stigma when it came to motherhood at that time? And what was that in terms for yourself and what you did? Well, having the mother, the birth mother that I had, for one, I knew how not to be a mom. Sure. Because that was not the kind of mom I wanted to be. 
but I didn't know exactly what I wanted. Your dad and I had a conversation before we got married, and it was an ongoing conversation of what we wanted, what kind of parents we wanted to be. And we knew we wanted to, we used a chain as a reference. And we, as a family, you build on the links of chain. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger throughout the generations. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. We decided, because Dad and I both come from divorced, remarried families, Mm -hmm. and um, we decided, first of all, for one, we did not want our kids to go through that. And so we took divorce off the table. And no matter what it was, we were going to work it out because we both came from it, and we did not want that for you guys. Right. And it was not an easy situation for us. It wasn't a perfect divorce. I don't think there is such a thing as a perfect divorce, but it was really on the lower end of not being good. Mm -hmm. And it left some scars. And so we talked about the kind of parenting we wanted, and we decided we were going to break that chain that we were going to start forging our own chain. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. I just knew what I didn't want it to look like. Mm -hmm. So as far as I didn't model my parenting and my mothering after anybody, I stepped up to the plate and decided I was going to take whatever was thrown at me and I was going to swing Mm -hmm. and make sure that I hit as many times as I possibly could. And so I did not pay attention to other mothers. I didn't pay attention to stigmas. I wanted to be the best mother I could be to my two kids. Was I perfect? No. Did I make mistakes? Absolutely. But guess what? Every parent makes mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And we've talked about this many times, but like the best thing that you want from your kids is to see your mistakes and hopefully they can improve upon them and be better. Absolutely. It's, it's the best you can really hope for. Yep. Um, so, I mean, growing up, I mean, we pretty much had the same type of thing personality wise and differences and everything, but then it mm-hmm. came time for us to, you know, leave home mm-hmm. and start our own lives. You know, both of us were Navy people. So what was that transition from being full-time mom to now being, hey, you know, my kids are not in the house anymore? Well, that is interesting, too. I think I did something different than most average mothers do. I decided I was going to enjoy the stage of development that you were at. I wasn't going to pine away for the good old days right? because the good old days are happening right now. Mm-hmm. And I did not have my strict rules of parenting, and you had to conform to that. I, I don't know if you recall, but I changed parenting styles so many times throughout your lives because you guys were the ones that were doing the changing. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, was, I had already gone through all my changing and growing up. You guys were now experiencing that. And my philosophy in parenting was... They're not, yes, you are my sons until the day you die. You're still going to be my son, but mm-hmm. my, you're not mine forever Sure. to hold on to. 
And so I had to train you up. And I would say many times, when you get out of here, you are going to need this kind of skill, this kind of skill, and this kind of skill. And my job is to help you develop it. And so I would help you guys try to develop. I wanted, first and foremost, above anything else, I wanted my children to have a voice of their own because I didn't. Right. And see, again, there it goes back to the I knew how not to parent. And I wanted to give you boys things that, whether it be the right or wrong way, I don't know, but I know that I wanted to allow you boys to have a voice. And if you did it right, you were heard. And I respected that. And so when it got to a point of you guys leaving, don't get me wrong, I was sad. It was, it was hard, mm-hmm. kind of. But it was still in that same realm of, I am growing with you and I am taking each step with you. And the next step is this. So it's only logical that this is what happens next. The pride that overwhelmed me when both my kids were Navy sailors was great. It was awesome. You know, I was posting things left and right about being a Navy mom. Oh, yeah. I mean, all kinds of stuff. It was something I was very, very proud of. But still, there's always that heaviness of my child is in the military. Yeah. So that adjustment wasn't as hard as what a lot of people go through, empty nest syndrome. Mm -hmm. I don't think I did because I think that was just the evolution in play with, well, that makes sense. This is the time for that to happen. Yeah. Before we move on to the next section, the last question I really have when it comes to this, because we'll transition into a similar question later on, but okay. what, and you kind of already answered this, but what is the importance of being a mom and what does that mean to you? Well, I can only speak to being a mom of boys. I can't speak being a mom to a girl. Mm-hmm. I can only speak being a mom to boys and just between you and me and everybody else listening, obviously, I'm really, really, really glad I didn't have a girl. Um, yeah, y'all better not say shit. <laughs> um, but one thing that I really felt was important is to just let you guys, first of all, you needed a voice. You needed to be heard. And that was important. You guys needed that to feel that and know that it wasn't just you do because I said so. There was an explanation there. And I think as a mother, my role was always to validate you and to make sure you felt important and to make sure you felt that you had value and you were worth something. And I didn't just throw you by the wayside when I had something important to do. I was, if I could be there, I would be there. Mm -hmm. And if I could do, I would do. I would go without so that you could because I wanted the best life possible for you. So my job as a mom was to raise you up so that when you go out in the world on your own, you can stand on your own two feet and you can say, I am ready for the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And that goes into the next part of mother figures, because 
Mother's Day is more, to, at least to me, it's more than just me having a mom. You know, obviously, oh, if someone has a significant other spouse that is a mother, um, that's just as important. And then mm-hmm. there's another concept of being a role model or even more so being a mother figure to someone. Mm-hmm. Because just as I said in the beginning, Mother's Day means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Okay. Some people may not have grown up with a mom, or if they did, maybe it wasn't the best situation, or maybe it was the best situation in the world. It, you know, it doesn't matter, but people come across your life and your path all the time um, that are women that take on a role of a mother figure, um, even if it's Mm -hmm. just they may not even know it. So, and the reason why I bring this up is because you yourself, uh, and I remember a bunch of times, you know, growing up in the house, like you yourself had been a mother figure and continue to be to a good amount of people. Um, now, when you were younger, uh, you know, or I guess it doesn't matter if you're younger or not, but mm-hmm. um, did you have any mother figures of your own in your life? I did. The first one that I can recall was my birth mother's girlfriend and when I still had lived with her at home her name was Sam and she was a mom to me she I was very young I mean keep in mind I moved with my dad and stepmother when I was six years old they got married when I was five so it was between four or five years old Mm -hmm. around that age um and she showed me so much love and I just remember having fun with her. She, I, I, one thing I remember about her is I was having my birthday party. It must've been my fifth. It would have been my fifth or my sixth birthday. I don't remember. Probably my fifth. Um, I really, really wanted a cookie monster cake and we were having friends over. I was having friends over. I was going to have a party and she got me this cookie monster cake. And of course, to someone that little, this cake, this, this cookie looked like it was as big as my head, but right, <laughs> I'm right. sure it wasn't. It just looked like it. Um, and cookie monster was holding this cookie, chocolate chip cookie and all of the kids wanted this chocolate chip cookie, wanted that, that was, they didn't care about the cake. They just wanted the chocolate chip cookie. And Sam looked at all of them and said, Nope. That cookie goes to the birthday girl. And I rem- that, is, that is something that I remember. I also remember she gave me, I'm, I don't know if it was me that liked Raggedy Ann and Andy or if it was her. I, mean, I have a feeling it was probably her. But um, I had a Raggedy Ann and Andy bedroom. I mean, from top to bottom, toy chest, bedding, canopy bed, everything was Raggedy Ann and Andy. And so... My very first mother figure was Sam. And then when her and my birth mother split up, it devastated me immensely. Mm-hmm. I was I was completely distraught. I wanted to go with Sam. I didn't necessarily wanted to stay with my, my birth mother. Mm-hmm. And then my second would be probably my stepmother. If it wasn't for my stepmother, I really wouldn't understand what it was like to have a real mom because she was a, she was a real mom. Yeah. She really was. My birth mother really was not. She became the epitome of mother to me. Right. And so 
this, you know exactly, you know, the importance of having certain women in your life growing up or when you get older, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Just just talking about women because, you know, we're focusing on Mother's Day, the importance of having that in your life. Now, I said it before where you have on many occasions over the years been... I've lost count. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have been a mother figure to a lot of people, you know, and it's not like something that you were always seeking out. These things tend no. to just happen. They do. Um, and... You know, we had at times, you know, we had some people that needed a place to live and they lived with us for a time being. And I remember yep. that. And, um, you know, there's people that still call you mom to this day that are mm-hmm. no blood relation to me. But, nope. you know, did you always know that that was what you were doing? No, I didn't. I had no clue that's what really what they were seeing me as. I mean, that, that's really just testament to a lot of people um that may not even know it and they go through life and maybe they're just really caring or really nice and they don't see what exactly it is that they're doing. Um, So do you have any examples and stories that you would be willing to share uh, with all the listeners to get a little better idea? The first and foremost, if I don't put her as number one, it would, it would do, do her a disservice as my niece. Stephanie is, you know how close Stephanie and I are. It's, we're extremely close. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she has told me on many occasions that she would not be the woman that she is today if it wasn't for me. And she has told me that, matter of fact, I asked her today, I said, if there was one thing that I, that you could pick that I gave you as advice, as motherly advice, what could you pick? And she was just, oh, man, there's so many. I'm like, okay, well, if you have to use more than one. But her answer was, I think the one thing that sticks with me is not what you've said, but what you've done. Ooh, that's deep. And she said, you've never given up on me. You, pers- you personified unconditional love. And so... For her, I knew I needed to be in her life. She needed a mother figure for her. Her mom was going through a lot, dealing with a lot. She needed that person that just didn't care where she was and how she was, was just going to be there for her. Yeah. And so I, I, that there was one time in particular where she was in a relationship, she was literally on the floor. Mm -hmm. And she called me and I said, enough is enough. Get up off that floor and walk out. You're done. And she, she references back to that many times where, and she's even posted, she has literally picked me up off the floor. But in return, she has literally picked me up off the floor too. Yeah. When things, so she, she gives back. So, Stephanie is, is number one. She, I don't consider myself a mother figure, but I know she really looks up to me and I don't ever want to disappoint her. Mm -hmm. Um, another one is someone that you grew up with and his name is Aaron. His mom and I were pregnant at the same time. Since birth. 
at since birth, you guys are only a month, month and a half apart. Mm -hmm. um, and him and I communicate till this day. He only lives like an hour away from me. Right. And I asked him today also what I said it, the same question. And he said, acceptance and love. Those are the two biggest things that you have always encouraged. And he, he's often told me there were so many times that he just felt safe. He felt like he could confide in me and it was okay and it was safe and that I wasn't going to judge him for whatever he said to me. Mm. And so we keep in contact to this day, him and his wife and their children. I, um, I, I send gifts. I sent gifts with him the last time he was here. And, you know, I, I don't think of myself as being a mom to all these people. I have other people. I know on Sunday I'm going to get lots of text messages from people saying happy Mother's Day because they consider me one of their mothers. I just don't look at it that way. I just want to be there for someone. I needed someone in my life when I was younger, and I just want to be that person for somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I obviously know both of those people very well. Yep. Um, Stephanie is probably pretty easily my favorite cousin. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're the closest out of all of them. Not that I don't love the rest of you. I do very much but you know she just kind of takes the mantle um and you know i've been witness to a lot of things not been witness to a lot of things but you know i can say you know from personal testament that that is the case you know and her character has evolved you know and she has even said before uh, and it uh you know a lot of it can come back to just you being there or saying something and the best yeah. part about it is yourself and not just you, but other people that take the mantle as a mother figure, you know, it's not something that like they see to be, to hope that they get thanked for. They don't see it as, right. you know, something to get a prize for. It's just, you know, love for other people. Mm -hmm. And like you said before, mm -hmm. you, you don't always notice it. Um, nope. It just happens. You know, yep. and even though some people will thank you for it, there may be other people, depending on the situation, depending on the help that you gave them, you may not hear anything from them at all. Nope. There but, are many that have gone, come and gone through the wayside that I was that person for them, but they grew out of it, and that's fine. I don't sure. hold it against them. I don't. There are a few that I've stayed in contact with and and stuff, and that's awesome. And the kids that one of them have, I'm, I'm Nana to that one too. And not blood related. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think you can agree with me where uh, sometimes this could easily be a very thankless job. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of aspects, especially if you don't notice it. Yeah. Um, which I think th it's why this day is so important or at least it should be important to a lot of people. Um, for various different reasons. Now, you also mm -hmm. talked about Aaron, who was my best friend for majority oh. of growing yeah. up. Yeah, um, absolutely. We, yeah. you know, we had lost contact for a while, and we don't talk too much anymore. But I, uh, I do, I will, I do plan on uh, hitting him mm -hmm. up. But uh, I can also, Good. you know, 
have testament to that as well because I may not have always spoke with him, but you know, I'm social media, if anything, like even though there's a lot of things I don't like about it, the good thing is is I have been able to watch a lot of people grow from a distance. Um, yeah. And he's definitely grown, uh, and he's he's a great oh, person. Yeah. I, you know, I love him as a person. His family's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just yep. those are just a couple examples in mm-hmm. many many different stories of many different things. Absolutely. Um, now, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but when someone who is not your flesh and blood calls mm-hmm. you mom. And I've been around for it too. Like I've heard it, you know, many times, like how does that feel compared to your own kids saying that to you? It's a higher honor. It, it, it may sound strange and it's not belittling the title that I hold as mom, Sure. but I remember I was talking with Marcus, this has been years ago, and I was telling him about this young couple and, and, you know, calling us mom and dad and stuff. And his response was, does everybody just need to call you mom and dad? Are you just claiming everybody is kids? Mm -hmm. But, um, it's, to me, it's a higher honor because mom holds as, as, as you've heard me talk and say several times, I have a birth mother and I have a mom. Mom is a sacred word to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something that I take lightly. As I said, I almost lost both of you. And so being a mom is a gift to me. It always has been a gift. And and I don't I never took that lightly. I never took that for granted because I almost didn't have my children. I almost wasn't a mom. And so for me, and maybe that's what started me down that path of being the type of mom I was because of that. But you guys didn't have a choice. I was your mom. (laughs) Good or bad, I was your mom. These people, mom is sacred. Mom is a, hopefully for all, but not all, have a nurturing mother and have a good experience with mom. And, but when you have somebody that comes to you, you don't ask them to call you mom. They just start on their own calling you mom. I take a step back and I I really take a deep breath and know and recognize it as a huge, huge compliment. It's hard for, like, obviously for me to put that into words of, like, feeling because... I, it never bothered me uh, growing up when people called you that. I still have some friends to this day that will still refer to you as that. Um, <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> yep, Lewis is one of them. Uh, he's definitely listening to this. Um, but there are. It just That's what I grew up with, and that became my normal. And there's another aspect of this where people that may be in this situation or have the potential to be in this situation, um, there's a responsibility that comes with this. Absolutely. Because you are now, like, you're not in charge of 
this person. You are not their legitimate nope. mother, but they are now relying on you for advice, for comfort, yep. for anything, really. And, you know, did that ever take a toll on you where you're just like, am I doing the right thing? Like, what? I, yes. Is it this, was it the same as the, like, the feeling and responsibility of your own children? That's a good question. No, it wasn't the same. I had ground rules. And I was their confidant. They knew what they told me stayed with me. To this day, I, you don't know a lot of things that's going on with other people. Sure. And they don't know what's going on with you because I keep it silent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did always tell them, but listen... If there is anything you come to me with, and I had to follow through with this one time, it was hard, but if there is, you come to me and there's something that you're doing that's damaging to yourself or to somebody else, I do have to take it to your parents. Right. And I did have to do that. It was not easy <laughs> to make it even, even harder on the way over to their house. You know how I love animals. Mm-hmm. I don't care what kind of animal. I love them all. I hit a squirrel. And it devastated me. I looked out in the back of my rear view mirror and the squirrel is jumping up and down in the air and I'm calling your dad. I mean, I was just crying and bawling. And so this is on my way over to do this. And so to add insult to injury, I had to, I had to do that. But, um, but when they told me this, I, I did tell them, now, you, you do know what this means. I, I do. So they knew by even telling me that what was going to happen, because I do set those ground rules, especially if they're underage. If they're not, I, I don't have to go to anybody, right. obviously. But if they're underage, I always made that one of the, the guidelines was – we have to draw a line somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, I, and it's not the same because if you guys did something, I didn't have to go to somebody else and tell somebody, right. you know, I, I confronted it and dealt with it and, and moved on. But I always risked that possibility of losing that relationship. If that had to happen, I didn't thankfully, but it was always a risk. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point of setting ground rules when it comes to having that type of role because anything can really happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if they have parents that they're living with, you know, whatever the case may be, at some point somebody needs to, you know, to know something if it gets to that. So for, you know, anybody that is in that type of situation, maybe it is a good idea for you to sit down make some little rules for yourself or sit down with this person if you have that type of relationship oh, um, yes, and they are absolutely. younger to set up some of those ground rules for your safety and for theirs to be honest um, yeah I think I think that's a really great idea um, now you know we could literally keep talking about mother figures forever mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I mean one of the last questions, that I would have about this is we've talked about this a a few times a little bit. Um, but you know that, you know, me growing up, I had mother figures of my own. 
Um, you mm-hmm. know, for a couple examples would be Anne Bean and Susan Loomis. Um, yep. They were in my life at different points in my life. Uh, Anne when was when I was younger. Her and uh, her family and her son. Her son and I were mm-hmm. best friends. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were hanging out all the time. And that became yep. another family of mine. Her and Jeff. Um, love them to this day. Absolutely love them. And oh, they're in, great people. Exactly. And in the same aspect, um, Susan Loomis, uh, which was a family that I got extremely close with when we moved over to Greenville. Um, yep. Her son and I became best friends. You know, we were in the mm-hmm. same, uh, we were the same age, same grade. He was one of the very first people I ever met uh, at school there. And so we became very, very close and I became very close with his family. Now, you have never said that it's ever bothered you, but I know that in for other people it may it may bother them to have someone have their child call someone else mom or have a mother figure. You know, did this affect you at all cuz like obviously you're not stupid. Like you knew that right. I was close with I knew. these other people. Mm-hmm. Um how did that make you feel though? Well, I would be lying if I said it didn't affect me at first. There's there's something that I do want to point out here in, in being a mom, especially of boys. This is especially of boys. And I think it needs to be with dad and daughters. Mm-hmm. But I we don't have that, so I can't speak to that. But a mom to a son, there are some things that moms get jealous of. And when girlfriends come into the, to the mix, mm-hmm. when these mom figures come into the mix, it's, I think it's natural and I think it's normal because we have been your only woman figure in your life. And I noticed that in myself. When you guys started getting girlfriends, I noticed that within myself. I didn't like that about myself. I, I, at first, you want to think it's the girlfriend. A woman wants, a mother wants to think it's the girlfriend's. It's not always the girlfriend. I'm not saying that it's not the girlfriend. Sure, sure. But it's not always the girlfriend's. Moms of sons, listen to me. This is important. And especially if your sons are younger, recognize this within yourself that you become jealous. It's natural. It's normal. We become jealous because we're no longer the center of attention. We're no longer picking their ties. We're no longer telling, you know, they're not telling us everything. They're telling this girl everything or this other mother figure everything. Notice that within yourselves and recognize it and change it. Because if you don't, you're going to really miss out on a lot of good things with your son and you don't want to do that and it's the same thing I did with these mother figures and you I knew Anne Anne is an amazing mother amazing mother agreed and I had no doubt you and I had a relationship we have a great relationship now and as long as I had that foundation set with you I was not concerned in any way shape or form that I was going to lose my son but I had already set that. That was years in the making ahead of time. It doesn't just happen overnight. Right. It was years in the making. So when it got to that point, it was a natural, I feel good in my position. 
I feel good as mom. I know where I stand. Don't doubt that. Right. He he loves me. He comes to me. He talks to me. I am glad that he can have another woman in his life that comes from a different background that can give him a different perspective than what I can give him because I can give him only one perspective. I can't give him another world perspective. Maybe she can that came from a different upbringing or a different area and can give you another worldview that I can't. And I think that that's awesome. I, you know, the old saying, it takes a village. It does. It truly does because you can only give your child one worldview. I tried to keep it broad for you guys to develop your own opinions, but it's still only one worldview. If you can have these other figures in your life that can feed into you more worldview and more information, that only is going to make you a better individual. Yeah, I, I can't agree more with that. Um, the last question I have with this, and I mean, you've already given out some advice, but more than just, you know, mom to boys, or this is just mother figures in general, what mm -hmm. advice would you give to any uh, woman out there, anyone who identifies as a woman, what advice would you give them if they are currently a mother figure or potentially becoming one? And I feel like you're a good person to ask about this because like it, it is, I, I don't, I, you know, I can't keep count of the amount of times that you have taken on this role. It has happened yeah. exponentially. So it has. Like, you've seen good things, you've seen bad things you know, and what would you tell someone? Maybe, and a lot of times it could be someone who's younger or maybe even they're older and they haven't done this before. What would you say? Acceptance. Acceptance is the key because especially if they're younger, they're already confused with who they are because they're going through all kinds of changes. They're going through puberty or they're going through teenage years or going through all kinds of stuff and they don't feel accepted as they are and just accept, accept and love. And we'll talk about that even further more later on, but don't put stipulations. Don't put, just, just don't accept them where they are, how they are and love them. That's it. They, they don't, they don't hold you to any expectations at all. So don't hold them. Yeah, I mean, you would think that would be pretty simple, but sometimes that can be incredibly it's, difficult. Yep. Um, you know, and this brings us right into uh, our next and last topic of the title that you currently carry of now that I have had my own child and mm -hmm. you are a grandmother, which we call you Nana. Yep. Um, you know... It was your story of becoming a Nana and, you know, me having a child is a lot different than a lot of other people's stories for the simple mm -hmm. fact of I was in the Navy at the time and, yep. you know, we've lived apart since 2015. So mm -hmm. we've had to do a lot of virtual things. So thank God for technology. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, but, um, you know, you had all the way up until this point, you know, you had been a mom. 
but you yep. had not crossed that threshold yet. And what was it like when you first found out, you know, that we, you know, we were pregnant, we were having Emma and stuff like that. How, how did that make you feel compared to motherhood stuff? Oh, when I got the call, I cried. It was, it, it was an amazing feeling that the love that your father and I share, because your dad and I have been married and we have a very good marriage for a very long time. I feel that that's just a representation of our love and it's continuing. And I was so elated and excited and the thought of there being a little Cooper <laughs> again was was awesome and I didn't care as long as it was just a healthy happy child I didn't care girl or boy I didn't care I just just was so excited and I did find out because I had heard prior to that all of these things it's just you know when you become a grandparent it just it's different I didn't feel it was different it's just or, or, or exponential love or anything. I just felt it's a different kind of love. That makes sense. It's yeah, it's not the same and I can't compare apples to apples because I didn't give birth to him. Right. But my blood runs through him. Mhm. Mm and I love you both as much. I don't love him more than I love you. I love him different than I love you. It's not the same because I didn't give birth to him, but I still love him and would give my life for him. Absolutely. And it just, it's, it's, I love the title, Nana. I think it's awesome. It's amazing. It is great. And he requests Nana a lot and that makes oh, me yeah. happy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which comes into the next part of like the distance um, that we've had because, you know, yeah. we, we haven't lived close to you guys since he was born. No. Um, moving around, the Navy had a lot to do with that and then coming down to Tennessee and planting, yeah. you know, ourselves here. Um, so it's definitely, there's difficulty that comes with that. But, Absolutely. you know, technology obviously has been really, really great with that. So it's, we're still all very, you know, we're still pretty close. But mm -hmm. in the very beginning... Uh, when he was born, you know, you guys mm. weren't able to meet him for a while because uh, he was born, was in Tennessee for a little bit, and then they came up to Washington for a while yep. and then went back. So this is like a few months yep. had gone by. And had it not been for technology, things would have been very different. But mm -hmm. even though you weren't there, you were still there. Mm -hmm. To the point where, like, you you know, he would see you enough that he re he would recognize you from a very, very young age. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I remember the first time that you guys were, you know, actually able to come down and meet him for the first time and yep. had that connection. And he knew who you guys were immediately. Like, just mm -hmm. a few months old, he knew who you guys were. At that point, what was, like, how did that feel? Oh, my gosh. I think I cried. I think if I, I recall, I think I cried. I think so. um, it was a good cry. It was a 
I finally get to hold my baby in my arms and and love on him and I had to put in the back of my I had to push keep pushing back all that time there was the jealousy of the whole there's another family that gets to see him and call you know get to spend time with him and I don't mm. and that that was hard but Oh man, just to hold him in my arms for the first time was magic. It was complete and total magic. It felt, this is right. This is right. This is how it should be. It was awesome. Yeah, and I definitely remember that too because you guys walked in through the door and he like like when I say he knew who you were, like he held his hands out, like he knew who you were, right? Um, and all he had seen you through was from a screen. But like that's where the wonderful part of technology really comes from, where we can mm-hmm. all stay connected in that type of way, yeah. um, even if you can't be here. You know, as you know, some of you don't know, but um, but you make. Uh, you read stories, you record them, you have your own YouTube channel, and you did that yep. specifically for, uh, I did, you know, for your grandchildren, and yep. you know Emmett watches it all the time religiously, you know, asks for this stuff all the time to the point where there are certain stories that <laughs> he will <laughs> he recite knows word for word <laughs> from start to finish, like he doesn't have to have the book, and he knows the way that you said it. Um, at I some know point, it. at some point, I want to try to get him. And record him to to do it where he'll tell the story start to finish because he knows it should Um, he should but it's it's just one of those things where he likes having that or will call um to get a bedtime story and so i am extremely thankful for the technology aspect now there's a lot of things i don't like about technology but same here this is definitely not one of those things no um you know and i mean we can kind of skip some of these other questions because they've already been answered like because there's when it comes to your situation, there's challenges in mm-hmm. being a Nana because you can't be around. No, but one thing that you have done that has made all the difference in the world is you let him come and stay with us. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that is awesome. You know, we, we one time we took him kayaking and just he loved it. Mm-hmm. And I, I still look at the videos of him putting his hand in the water. Awada. A wada. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and he loved it. And the last time he was here, we baked cookies and we do stuff like that. Now, I wish I could be a Nana full time, but sure. the fact that he calls me up on the phone and says, Nana, can I have one bedtime story, please? Mm-hmm. And that just that makes I can have the worst of days and that can turn my day right around at the end of the day. Yeah, he has that effect on people. Um, he does. <laughs> he does. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> he he is a very good kid. Um, he is. You know, and we try to to get him with you guys as much as possible. You know, I try to. And I will say, you know, for other parents of younger kids, because I know of plenty of parents of younger kids that have that difficulty of letting go and having mm-hmm. someone else be responsible for your child. Right. Um, I don't, I can honestly say, honestly say this, I don't think I ever had issues with someone watching my kid because I didn't just let anybody watch my kid. No, you didn't. Um, but 
I had no issues with it because I knew how important it was for him to be around other people and to spend time with other people. So, I mean, what I would say for other parents, because it can be extremely difficult to let your child go for the first time, for the first few times Mm -hmm. or whatever, for an extended Mm -hmm. period of time, um, I would, you know, just do it. And if it's, as long as it's someone that obviously you trust, you know it's someone that's going to take care of your child, absolutely do it because, Mm -hmm. one, you need a fucking break. Let's be honest. I love my son, but (laughs) I want to, like, shoot him out the window (laughs) daily. You know, he's a very sweet kid. He's smart. He's funny. He just has two speeds on and off. But fuck, dude. Like, (laughs) there's just all the time. And he says the most random ass shit sometimes. He does. He He comes up to me and he'll say something. And I just have to stop. And I'm just like, (laughs) what did you just say? And I just, but (sighs) it's, you need that break. You know, my biggest thing when it comes to being parents, and I haven't always you know, live to this, I still believe it though, is you are an individual. You know, it's the same in yep. relationships, uh, same as having children. You are still an individual. Now that that changes a little bit when you add to your family, but nonetheless, like keep your individuality. You know, do the things that you want to do. And, you know, you can include your family in a lot of those things, but make sure you're taking that time for yourself. So that's a big thing. Uh, when it comes to that, but two, you know, that really builds a bond between your children and we'll just use grandparents for, as an example. Um, but it really does help build that bond between grandparent and child when they get to spend a few days, a week, so on and so forth together and just really interact. So I'm a big advocate for that. Um, I think it's great. I love it. And it's worked for us. Um, in our situation of being farther apart where we've met up halfway many times or I've driven up 12 hours, you've driven down however many hours, like, and that's just how, you know, how it works for us, you know? Well, when I was down South, it was easier for me to come over to you a lot. And I did, I I was able to come over Mm -hmm. more when I, you know, when I lived down South, it still was a drive, but you know, all you have to do is ask mom and I, I'd show up anyway. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, being a quote-unquote grandmother um, Mm -hmm. and you are now not you know you're not raising your own children but you're watching us raise your grandchildren does your view of parenting has it changed from when you first started when I first started if I could parent different I would if I could do it over again I've taken a lot of psychology classes and children's psychology classes and things like that but I don't feel it's my position to parent your child. You parent your child. Sure. I don't. I am there to now. Don't. It's it's inter- It's a different dynamic because when he comes here and he stays, I do technically become a parent. Sure. Because I am here twenty four seven with him, and I have to do the ins and outs. And as we know, when he's been sick, and then yeah. I think he was sick, I was sick, Dad was sick. Yeah, I remember so, that. So, you know, I remember those days as being a young mother and having you all be sick and I was sick and I had to take care of it. So there was, there's still that aspect of parenting when he comes to visit that not the average 
grandparent that has to do that, that gets to see them and then send them right back the same day or the weekend or whatever. But as far as viewing parenting as him, I respect you as a father. I, I think you're a great dad. I think you have influenced him very well. Oh, I sure. think you have taught him extremely well. And I respect that. I see you as a man, as a father, and it's not my job to parent your child. My job is to support you as his parent to help parent him. That's how I view parenting as a grandparent is I am still your parent, but I'm more of a friend parent to you now yeah. to help you be a better parent to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, it's definitely changed roles over time. And, you know, we still talk about all types of different shit um, all yeah, the time. Um, but uh, my last question when it comes to grandparent type things is not mm-hmm. so much as you as a grandparent. But, you know, if you were able to talk to your grandmother again now, yeah. you know, obviously she's not around anymore. But I've heard no. many stories about her. Um, you know, if you were able to, to talk with her again, you know, what do you think she would say about where we are now in life, you and like our little family? Well, I have, I, I have no grandparents left, unfortunately, but the one grandmother that I spent most of my time with, I think she would. Grandma Yoder was, was, was definitely a, a different type of individual, but I think she would look at it and, and say, well, that's not how we did it back then, but I think that you're doing a good job with how you're doing it. Sounds like something she would say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, my very last question for you um, with all this before we you know start the breakdown a little bit. Okay. If, and this is something I like to ask anybody um, when it comes to the end, but if everyone in the world was listening to this, uh, which would be nice. um, Yeah, it would be. And this was the last thing that you could say to them. What would it be? Love unconditionally. But I have to explain that a little bit because... Love unconditionally does not mean what everybody thinks it means. Loving unconditionally means you love who they are. I don't care what they identify as. I don't care. They're a human being. And if they're a human being, they deserve love. Now, that doesn't mean that you can get used and abused and keep getting and keep feeding into that love. There it comes a time that you, you have to know when enough is enough, but you need to love unconditionally. People need to know that when they come to you, that they're going to be accepted where they are, how they are, and when they come. Because if that's, if that's all you do, they will feel safe, and that's the goal. You want people to feel safe where you are. Make a safe zone for anybody that 
is important in your life or anybody that needs somebody, just love them unconditionally. I love that. And, you know, some of you that have been listening to this from the beginning, from the first episode, you know, I touched on that briefly, you know, and it's, it's true, you know, from the mouth of somebody who has done this directly with many people, talked to a, a ton of people, someone who has had people rely on her, it's still the same um, and yep. just as important. Um, so you heard it from here first, but uh, that kind of wraps up the whole portion of all this of talking about Mother's Day. And we there this a whole podcast could be talking about mothers and women, and there are there are many of them. They're fantastic, um, but this is just some of the examples and how important it is to really pay attention to the women in your life, especially mothers, mother figures, things of that nature. Um, and I hope that what you take from this you know, you can apply that to your life and really kind of see the different types of mothers in your life in a different light and maybe appreciate it a little bit more. Um, so as we are wrapping up a little bit, I like to end on a little bit higher notes, uh, which I do the random It's a good thing we're ending because I uh, went through both of my alcoholic beverages, so. Hey. Um, <laughs> that is what we like to hear. Um now, I like to do the random rec recommendations, which could be anything that you want. Now, you have not told me okay. what this is beforehand, um, which okay. I'm very excited about. So the thing is, what is your random recommendation and why? My recommendation is this. If you should happen to need to bury a body. Okay. Which you may need to. You know, you know who I'm talking about. You may sure, need to. Sure, Um. <laughs> Dig the hole deep. Bury it. All right. Don't just leave the dirt on the top. My recommendation is this. To plant endangered plants on the top of it, and that way they'll get arrested if they have to dig them up. You know, for legal reasons, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to ask you why you know this. Um, it may be best yeah. just to leave the mystery. Yeah, just leave that one alone. But for those of you that it applies to, you know, you got to be good at something and maybe you're just really good at hiding people. Um, preferably, I don't would hope that, you know, you're not one of my <laughs> listeners, but uh, there's some sound advice for you. That's a lot better than my recommendation. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn it. Um, that's OK. Um, my recommendation for everyone for the next couple weeks is to... Make a new recipe, uh, something that you haven't eaten or have come close to making before. Uh, I absolutely love going to get a new cookbook or new recipes or things of that nature and making different things. Um, go pick something random. Like my literal favorite section at a bookstore is the cookbooks like section. And there have been many times I haven't made something before, and sometimes it turns out, eh, sometimes it's great. And then sometimes, because I have a huge passion for cooking food anyways, like, I tweak it a little bit, and then, I, you know, I save that recipe as one of my own. So that's going to mm -hmm. be my recommendation uh, for you all listening this week. Uh, you know, 
you can bury a body then make something really good and delicious there you go um yeah you know and if you need a recommendation on what to eat uh send me a dm i'd be happy to send you something i have many many recommendations when it comes down to that so uh, that is the one for me uh, I want to thank my mom for coming on and sharing this with me. You know, there are a lot of stories that uh, were shared, a lot that weren't. Um, I do feel very lucky to live the life that I have uh, from a small child to uh, turning 30 here very, very soon. And the yes, ability to share this with everyone listening. And I hope that it grows because it gives a little bit of insight for everybody where I get some of the things that I say and do uh, come from. And I look forward to the Father's Day episode where you guys will get to see the aspect of a lot of similar questions, but also differences uh, with my dad, because that will involve a lot of, you know, me being a father as well. But uh, more on that later. So thank you very much for coming on. Uh, You're very welcome. I mean, it wasn't hard to convince you, but... Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate that, and I love you a lot. And I love you too, son. Because we're absolutely recording this on Mother's Day. Yes, we are. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. And to everyone else listening, you know, make sure you take time today to say thank you and show appreciation to uh, the mothers and mother figures in your life. And maybe take the time, you know, to ask about their life. And if you're lucky, they may just tell you a story. I love you. Until next time. A big thank you for the Blowing Smoke theme song, which was written and performed by a good friend, Zandretti.